Thank you, God. Let's just keep an attitude of worship right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. This might be a time where somebody feels a need to pray or just respond to that time of worship. I want to give you an opportunity to pray, to share God with what's going on in your heart at this moment. Just want to keep that attitude of worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sandy wants to share something. Maybe the mic's giving us trouble here. It's either Will's giving us trouble or the mic's giving us trouble. Testing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Beverly shared something with us this morning, and I think that there's a lot of people feel that same thing, and I want to share it right now, that that there's a traditional thing that's happened in churches that people are losing the presence of God. And we get so used to going through a tradition and the format that we miss an opportunity to touch God. And I don't know how you feel, but I know I feel like that, is that when this is that time of worship, we encourage them, just keep singing the song over again. If you feel the Lord tugging on our hearts, and they're trying to sense what you're sensing in the moment. But that's why I want to take a pause, and I want to take some time, because maybe there's somebody here right now who feels like, this isn't, this, as I shared with you, this is the Lord's ministry, and I want you to I want you to sense God's presence and let the Lord minister to you this morning without letting what the format is move so forward, so fast, so quickly that you miss your opportunity with God. So let's just keep that attitude of worship just a little bit longer. Maybe the Lord has something that he wants to share through somebody else at the moment. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Love you, Lord. You know, I know it's hard with as many people as we have here in this place. It's hard to feel free as if nobody else is here. But that's the reason why, like, you know, Saturday evening I like to come in. Nobody else is invited in that opportunity as of the moment. But that's where I get to be free. That's where I get to express my heart openly to God the way that I want to. I get to yell. I get to cry. I get to laugh. I get to do anything I want to. And it's no embarrassment. No wonder how it's affecting anybody else. But there's a place for that, for the body of Christ as well. And I feel like we need to remember that that's what God's wanting us to enter into. And maybe somebody catches something and they just, you can't hold it back. Maybe there's just something that's exploding inside of you in that moment. And you're worried about what everybody else is thinking. And I understand. And we're like, how how do we let the Lord do what he wants to do and keep an order it's not confounding or crazy to everybody else. But I want to I share this one thing. I want you guys to understand. I think everybody wants to see the Holy Spirit and God touch individual lives. There's time where I've been a mess here at this altar. Tears broken, red-eyed, 
can't hardly get over it. And I wondered that I felt like there was times where I felt like the Lord wanted me to stay there because it was ministering to somebody else. And when the Lord's moving on you, don't don't pull his presence back because you're afraid of how that's going to feel. And I want that to be understood here. And there is a thing, and, and I'll do my very best to correct something that looks like it's out of order, but the reality is is that God wants to do that. And, it, and, and if we got one of two choices. We either let the Lord move, or we fall under a traditional format that's going to kill everything that God wants to do. And we just come to listen to the sermon and sing a few songs, and we miss the Lord's plan and His appointed moment for us. And how beautiful, how beautiful it is to be together this morning. How wonderful it is to be able to, in these moments, be able to share praise and worship together with God's people and know what it's like to be in that atmosphere. And Lord, help us to not be stifled, but to keep moving forward. And so worship is one of the best times when everybody's singing that you let whatever happened happen in those moments. And for me personally, some of the best moments have been in the times of worship where somebody, God's put somebody on my heart right in that moment. And I'm not, I'm not singing the song, and I'm not worshiping anymore because right now I'm caught up in what the Lord's putting in that person the Lord's put on my heart. Amen. And I believe that if we can get used to doing that together, folks, if we can get used to being that together, we're going to experience what Jesus intended for the New Testament yes. church of today yes. for us. So that word tradition has come up three different times the last week, and it seems to keep coming up over and over yes. again. Because I think that that's what God is trying to say to us yeah. in many ways. Be careful for it. Don't get so used to it. Amen. Amen. Now that I got you all warmed up, <laughs> is there anything that anybody wants to share or that they just feel like the Lord's been tugging on their heart during that time of worship and you're exploding in the inside and you just need to share it now? Yes. Is there anybody? Now we see. Oh, an answered prayer. Praise God. I lost my wallet and I thought, oh, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I, I lost my wallet and I thought, oh, everything is starting to be, oh, the bank card, oh, this, oh, that, oh, yes. all the money, all this. And I wanted to say, no, the Lord is in the Lord's hands. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He's faithful. You know what? The Lord gets the praise for the wallets. He gets the praise for the little rocks that are found in the fields. That was one of ours. Turn me down just a little bit, please. I'm I like, turn him up. Turn him up. Okay, do what they say, whatever they say. So he gets the praise for everything. And if we can give him praise for the little things, he gets praise for the big things too. He gets praise for it all. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Okay, so it's just apparent that if we just step aside and let the Lord take over and take our lives and do what he says and obey what he says, then we will be so much better off than we are right here. So that's just a, a thought that, that we just need to step aside and let him take over. Amen. Don't think you can handle it. Let him do it. If if the Lord gives me the opportunity to preach this message, and I think it's going to happen, it'll be right along those lines. Amen. Anybody else this morning? Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I would like your permission, if nobody else it feels on their heart, to share again. If you feel like I guess I should say this. If your heart's going like this, 
you probably need to share something with us. Just telling you. Amen. Okay? Amen. Like you just ran a 26-mile marathon and you can't figure out why you're so out of breath. That's a good reason to start sharing something. So I would like for you to turn with me to Luke chapter 22. I would like your permission, if, if, if I can, to get a little emotional over this, if the Lord wills. Do I have permission? Can I, get, can I get a little loud if necessary? Okay, only if necessary, I promise. I'm not hearing enough amens out there. I'm afraid that... Okay. I know the guys in the back row, they want it. Just wondering about the front row here. Just wondering. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway, so... Just want to know that, that I don't have to follow tradition, I guess, is the question. So Luke chapter 22, verse 33 and 34. Shattering the boundaries of human limitation. <clears throat> do I have permission to go as long as I want? Can I do that? No. Good, good. Get that. Thank you, Jesus. Father, again, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that I get an opportunity to share in your presence with the body of Christ. The Lord, that we get to be here together to experience that in fullness, if we will. And Jesus, you have so much more for us than what we're experiencing in the moment. And I believe, Lord, it is not over with. And I believe that we're hungry. You always meet what our hearts hunger for. You are that grace and, and truth in our life. So right now, Lord, for the hungry hearts in this place, Lord, will you meet the desire and the demand of their heart? And Lord, I thank you that you always go above and beyond what our heart actually does demand. That, Lord, you are always there to fulfill us, fill us, strengthen us. Lord, you want to be our life. Lord, you don't want anything else, Lord, adulterating that place of who you are in our life. And you want us to know you. And you want us to enjoy you and be satisfied with you more than anything else in, in life. As you said in your word, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Because every desire of our heart is directly connected back to the one we delight in. And so Lord, there isn't anything in our life that we want to be outside of. The boundaries of delighting ourselves in you, Lord. It's so easy to ask things according to your will, Lord, when we're so attached and so bound to you, Lord. So right now, I just pray for this, this story of Peter. God, what a, a man who lives our life. Lord, we live within his frame. We understand the framework of the human life that has so many limitations that we need to be able to step into, Lord, what you want for us. And I believe his life is such a prime example of that. And I just open this opportunity, Lord, that you would let us hear what you're going to say and help us live it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this sermon for me, I was sharing this earlier. I was so, I was so blessed by last week that I, I couldn't get over it. And I went all the way to about Friday and I thought, Lord, I don't have anything remotely close to what I had last Sunday. And, um, and as I was struggling with that, I realized the reason I was struggling with it is because I loved, I loved what God did in me and spoke to me through it so much so that I wanted to repeat. But I wanted it in a different, con a different text. I wanted a different sermon, and I wasn't getting it. So finally, late in, in the road, I felt like the Lord uncovered some things in me as the reasons why that was a problem. And I gave it back to Him, and I feel like He gave me something. And I feel like for me personally, it's just as good as was last week. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So let's look in Luke chapter 22, verses 33 through 34. And we're going to read about Peter and his human limitations. And we're going to read about Peter's first failure as we come to these, these two verses. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, this is Jesus, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you have denied me three times. 
Peter struggled with something that I think that is a very real truth, a real struggle for all of us, and that is this, that we really do feel stronger than what we actually are. As much as we might even tell the Lord, God, I know I'm weak, and I know that I don't have much strength, even in that verbal side of it, there's a reality that still hasn't touched us. And so I, I want to point out here that human strength begins with an ignorance of ourselves. Human strength begins with an ignorance of ourselves. We don't discern ourselves well. We don't even, when we're struggling, we don't even discern why we're struggling and what is the problem on a human level, what is really our problem. And Peter didn't see that. And we look at Peter's life and it's like, man, I see myself so perfectly in Peter's life. And so Peter, he's like, Lord, I've followed you through your ministry. I've been with you through the miracles. I've experienced some of the best things that a man can ever experience. I walked on water. I've seen the sick healed. I've literally walked with you. Lord, there isn't anything at this point in my life that I'm not willing to go through. I'm so attached to you. And, and we say, Lord, I love you. And I'm so attached to you. And Peter saw that. And he felt that. And I believe it was genuine. Listen to me. I believe what Peter felt was genuine. That he literally did feel this way. And he couldn't see how it's possible that he was going to fit this picture that Jesus had told him that you will deny me three times. You're going to deny me three times. That something's going to happen. And this is a divine setup for your life. I'm intending this to happen because if the rest of what I have planned for you, Peter, is going to, be happen, it's going to happen, it's going to map out just the way God intended, you have to go through this. You have to see the end of yourself in this road. And so, our first folly is to believe in ourselves. How many times have we heard that right now? Just believe in yourself. If you just believe in yourself, the sky is the limit. You can go anywhere. And that is not the Gospel. That is not the Word of God. Believing in ourselves is a sure way to fall short of the glory of God. That's the best way into sin that we can ever get into. And you ask me, well then what do you do? What do you do if, if believing in yourself, then what do we do? Just believe against ourselves? And then we see the world struggling between this feeling of depression and I can't do anything and this overconfidence, I can do everything and realize that Jesus Christ is trying to fit us in a whole different category. God is doing something completely different. And so I think one of the, the things that confounds us is this. Peter experienced the power of God. Peter experienced, aside from Pentecost, Peter experienced some very phenomenal things. And Peter still wasn't emptied of himself. Peter was still in the way of Jesus. And what I want you to also point out is Jesus is at the end of his ministry. This is the end of the road right now. This, I would say, if there's any work that needs to be accomplished, it's this work right now. And I wonder how many of us are sitting in that same boat. This is Jesus saying, this work is so dependent right now that I, everything else previous to this is not half as important as what we're dealing with right now. And I think this is the foundation and fundamental for every Christian who wants to step into the will of God and experience only what God has for your life. You have to get to this point. You have to understand that Jesus sees things about you that you don't see. You have to trust that He's going to lead you down a path that's going to literally take everything that you've trusted in when it comes to self-confidence and completely obliterate it so that He can get glory out of your life. And what you notice is, is that Peter's still stuck in himself in so many ways. And this wasn't just the first time that Peter experiences that. Peter's second failure this is in verses 40 and 45. Jesus had called His disciples to go pray. And He told them in verse 40, And when He was at the place, He said to them, Pray that you do not enter into temptation. So, 
they were about ready to, to walk with Jesus in Jesus' darkest hour. And Jesus said, this is a time you need to be able to pray. And you need to be able to secure and stay faithful in this moment. And Jesus told them, pray that you do not enter in temptation. And then in verse 45, it says, when he arose from prayer, which is Jesus, it was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. See, Peter thought he could probably do this too. And there's this thing when Jesus begins to take you to where he's going, you find your own limitations. You find what you can't do. And God wants you to be there. Some of us are praying against the very thing that God wants to do to shove you into the place of absolutely, I have no power. I have no strength. I have no ability of my own. I can't trust in me. And God's trying to do something and put you in a place where you can say that in your life. And you're struggling with that. You're struggling with being put in a place where you don't know what to do. And you don't know how to manage it. And you don't have control over the situations anymore. And everything looks like it's very, very difficult. And we're praying, Lord, please take me out of this situation. God, please give me relief from this struggle that I'm feeling. And the, str the struggle that I'm going through. And you know that you're facing that in one way or another. And God's not taking it away. And I, wanna, I want you to think about the story of Hannah when she was praying so much for this son Samuel to be born. And she prayed and she prayed for Samuel. And it actually says in the Bible that God prevented her from being able to have a baby. God was holding it back. I want to say God's best is hold back only for a time. He's got something behind the scenes of what he's doing, but you got to go through this. And uh, she prayed and it said that she was in bitterness of soul and she wept before the Lord. You know God hears those tears. You know God knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. And yet, he's birthing something in this. So I want to also point out the contrast that while they were sleeping, Jesus was agonizing. Verses 44, 45 and 44. Uh, so Jesus, they were sleeping in 45. Verse 44. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. told you there was a place this sermon that I was going to hit me. And this is it. You know when we're prayerless. You know when we're not listening to the Lord that He's agonizing. You know when we're living for the world and we're caught up in church discords and struggles with one another. This is what Jesus is doing. He's agonizing. He's praying while we're prayerless. I saw a connection between last Sunday's sermon and this one because just as I told you that David, no matter what the opposition was from the soldiers, David was moving to the true battle and that was with Goliath. He was fighting for those men that had no faith. He was fighting for them and this is the exact same thing that Jesus Christ is doing for the church today. He's fighting for the church. He's fighting for those who do not have any spiritual life in them. He's fighting for the church that's gotten stuck into the tradition of things and doesn't know how to get out of that to praise Him with all their heart. There's nobody in the world that has a greater burden than God does. That the church would be alive. That the church would be what Jesus intended for it to be after His death and resurrection. Our families, our marriages, at the height of godly love, 
Not arguing and bitter with one another. Not broken because we can't talk with one another and communicate. But the communication is clear and beautiful. And, and God glorifying every time that we inter, interject with one another and have that relationship. And whenever marriages are broken, especially Christian marriages, I believe Jesus is agonizing in those moments. And sometimes he has a brother or a sister that feels his pain. And they're agonizing too. They're agonizing because, not just because you're in strife or struggling with one another, he's agonizing. And that soul, that intercessor is agonizing too because this isn't what Jesus died for. He didn't die for you to do that. He didn't die for you to be in that. He didn't die for that. You know, there's not one moment, there's not one time when Jesus in His ministry, there's not one time that He went up to somebody and cast sickness on them. It wasn't one time that He made their life worse after He was done. So whenever he sees in our Christian circles things are getting worse rather than better. Agony. Agony. There's a great sermon. I think that we should all listen to it. I'd write it down if you will. It's by David Wilkerson. and He says it's the baptism or the call of anguish. The call of anguish. It's one of the best sermons I listened to. One of the most convicting ones at the same time. But what a powerful message. I haven't got to the point where it's really tugging on my heart in this sermon yet. Jesus is agonizing when disciples are sleeping rather than praying. When we have more diligence for Facebook than prayer, something's been missed. I don't give a care what's going on in this nation. If you're spending more time, more time on Facebook or watching TV than you have time with Jesus, and you say you don't have time with the Lord, I don't know who's lying to you. But let's get back to reality. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Spirit-filled agony is God's answer for a world that is lost in sin and for a prayerless church. It's God's answer. Maybe you will, maybe in the coming weeks, you'll begin to feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm going to cry. I don't know why, but I can't hold back the tears. You just let God take that moment. You might be at the dinner table. You might be getting ready for bed. I don't care what time that is. But this is a time for this nation. This is a time for the church. Not to just be rejoicing, but be weeping and agonizing. Agonizing in intercession so God can do His work. Because I believe Jesus, if Jesus did it, the Father's also doing it in us. And it's not just to take Him to the cross. The cross was God's salvation plan for the world. So Peter's third failure, verse 50. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, wow. I'm going to actually go to verse 46. And Jesus said to his disciples, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. He had to say it again. And while he was yet speaking, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. And Jesus said to him, Judas, do you betray me, the son of man, with a kiss? And when they which were about him saw what would follow, They said to him, Lord, shall we also smite with the sword? Now, Peter was the one who did it. If you you read it in other places in Scripture, not right here, but Peter was the one who actually did this. And one of them, Peter, it doesn't say that in your your version right here, but we're going to put his name there because he's the one who did it. He took the sword and cut off the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. You know, maybe we 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 don't we we read verse by verse, but if you just spend some time in the context, that's what caught me. 
What caught me was that Jesus He was, dealing with a, he was dealing with a disciple that thought he was stronger than he was. And Jesus was also dealing with, I don't know how many of us have ever known what it means to agonize in prayer, but I know none of us know what it means to sweat blood while you're doing it. This was the darkest hour that he had, and he's suffering immensely. He's suffering spiritually. There is no darker hour in all the Scriptures than this one. And then on top of that, he's being betrayed by one of his disciples. And Jesus, he holds his redemptive ground without even being shattered in the least. So Peter's Peter cut off the servants here and the failure to do a spiritual violence ends in deploying carnal methods of defending Jesus and His righteousness. Because they weren't praying and they didn't spend their time with God. He didn't know how to. He didn't know how to do battle. He didn't know how to deal with the warfare in front of Him. And so then he knew only how to defend Jesus in a carnal way. and In His own method. And Jesus gave Himself as an example in verse 51, that in his darkest hour, when he was at his most vulnerable point and at the peak of breaking pressure, not the least of his patience and reconciling temperament was broken. He retains a perfect compassion for the wounded and for the offender. When I read this, I was just stricken. I was like, Jesus didn't lose hold. He didn't lose hold of the purpose and plan that God had from Him from the beginning. He didn't lose hold of His reconciling nature because of the darkness that He was facing. See, Jesus was stepping into something that Peter hadn't begun to dream of for himself because He was preparing this road for Peter and so Peter and all of his failure, and all of his failure was only adding to the struggle that Jesus was going through, and yet it didn't stop Peter from moving forward. I mean, it didn't stop Jesus from moving forward, and Jesus literally takes the thing that Peter does in his own zeal. He takes the thing that Peter does in his own carnal zeal, his own self-strength and his own self-confidence, and cuts off the ear of a servant thinking he's doing God justice. And Jesus comes and takes that servant's ear and you hear no rebuke from Jesus. No rebuke to Peter. It's amazing to me. And he takes that servant's ear probably from off of the ground and puts it back on him and heals him. And then Jesus says, suffer it this far. Just suffer it this far. This was intended. Peter, you don't see. You have carnal vision. You have just what men see. But God doesn't see this way. And Peter, I've got to take you away from this because as soon as I'm crucified and as soon as I raise up from heaven, you guys are taking it over. And you can't be this Peter. You can't be this man. You can't be the... Please turn me down just a little bit more. You can't be that guy that's always getting in the way of the will of God. You can't be the one who does this. Peter, this was fine while I was walking with you. But when I step out of the picture, you can't be this man anymore. And Jesus loves him so much that he's going to take him to the place that Peter doesn't know how to get there. He does not has the power or the strength on his own. Now turn with me to John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. You've got to turn me down a little bit more. I just I don't know what the deal is, but I'm unless you guys want it, if you want it louder, just say louder. <laughs> I might get a little louder, and then you say, let's go a little quieter. Praise you, Lord. Verse 19. Verses 15, so John chapter 21, I'm in Acts, not John, John chapter 21, this little book, 15 through 19. So in Luke you read, when, when Peter goes away, he weeps bitterly, he finally comes to that breaking point, 
he comes to the realization that everything that I've tried to do, every part of me that says I want to honor God with everything within me has failed. And I failed, I failed miserably. And he goes away weeping. And then we come to John chapter 21. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? So Peter's already gone through the trial and now he's with Jesus. Sometime later, he says unto him, Yea, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says unto him, Feed my sheep. Then he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, you love me. And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked wherever you were. But when you are old, you shall stretch forth your hands, and another shall gird you and carry you where you would not. And all of us know from the history of that that Peter was crucified upside down. He, he was, Jesus was prophesying of the death that Jesus, that Peter would, Jesus was prophesying of the death that Peter would die one day. And so Jesus was saying that there's, now you've come to a place in your life where you have given it all. You have surrendered everything to me. You are, you have finally come to the end of yourself. Coming to the end of ourselves is, is all making us fit for the will of God and shattering the boundaries of human limitation. I want you to remember that right after this is the book of Acts. Right after this is the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God was taking Peter to that point. And there's, a, there's so many of us, and I want to say this. You may not know now, but this is why God is breaking you. He's breaking you because He wants to take you to the upper room. He wants to take you to the place where He can fill you and baptize you and pour His Spirit on you without you getting in the way. You've got to understand that there's only one of you that gets to rule here. At this point, Jesus took all of his disciples. He took Peter to the bare naked Peter of himself. He shattered him completely, broke him down so that he could prepare him for Pentecost. He could prepare him for God's will and purpose in his life. If you want God's best in your life, you can't just pray for an outpouring. You can't just pray for God to pour out His Spirit in your life. You have to pray, Lord, break me. Break me with Your tender hands. Break me, Lord, and along the path of brokenness, You're restoring and healing me and strengthening me. But You're not going to strengthen me to the point of trusting in myself. It's interesting that along this, this end part of uh, Luke chapter 22, that Jesus is not interfering to try and break what's happening in Peter right now. He's literally trying to bring him to that place of absolute brokenness. It's got to come to that point. And all the points in which we, now listen to me, all the points in which we, we want to pray for somebody, and we see a brother or sister going through something, and we're like, I just want to pray you out of that, brother. I want to pray you out of that, sister. I want to pray you out of it. Listen to God in that moment. Listen to God if that's really what He wants you to be doing. Because maybe this is the Lord's path to getting them to their, their point of Pentecost. Listen to God. Whether this is His very tender work in them. And the Lord never takes us through that and leaves us alone. Notice that Jesus was in that whole moment with Peter. He never stopped. And He's in that moment with you. He's in this moment with you. And some of us are angry because we don't see more of what we want to see God do. And we wonder, 
How come we read the book of Acts and we're not living the book of Acts? How come we're not living the same thing that they lived? How come we're not walking in what they walked? It's simple. Because we're not broken like they were broken. Not come to the end of ourselves like they came to the end of themselves. We're not come to the place where we truly and fully trust in Jesus. And so what we've tried to do is, and we do this with salvation. I have a guy in, in my life, I'm realizing this important part, and I shared with him, nobody can tell you you are saved. Nobody. Only God gets to make that real to you. But you know what's the hardest? The hardest is not to do the sinner's prayer thing with people and say, let's pray the sinner's prayer over you. And you say the sinner's prayer and it's all over with. Did you get God in that moment? Well, I don't know. I don't feel, I don't know that the Lord's borne witness with my spirit. They might not feel like the Lord has made that transaction in their life. Don't push it forward. Don't try and push God and make things happen. There's a reason why they haven't found when the Lord wants to make that known to somebody. How many of you know? that He's able to make something so real to you that you know without a shadow of a doubt you don't need anybody to tell you it. You don't need any man to confirm it. You don't need anybody in your life to make that real to you. And yet, as a church, we've gotten used to the pattern of letting telling people for ourselves that God has done the work when they don't know He's done the work. And that's the last thing on earth. So we should be patient if you have to wait another week, three weeks, or whatever. But when it's real to them, you don't need to come and convince them of it. They're going to come to you and tell you. But meanwhile, we're praying and agonizing. Oh, dear Jesus, dear Lord, have your way. And we're agonizing for them until the Lord does that work. And we pray for them until we see it happen. And you can't push it and you can't make it any other way. So here it is, same thing with salvation. The Lord is doing something in somebody's heart to them to know, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I've offended against God. And now I know it for real for myself. It's so real to me. I'm so guilty. I'm so wrong. I'm so wicked. And they come prepared for Jesus to save them. They come knowing that the only thing that's going to be good enough for them is the blood of Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit gives a revelation. That I have been born again. I'm not my own anymore. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And the same thing happens when Jesus is going to take you to your Pentecost. He's going to do something in you that's a further work of until He's finally come to the end of what He's doing. And then He's prepared you for it. And that's the whole story here is Jesus had something tremendous for Peter. But this kind of thing that God has can't have Peter in the middle of it. I'm going to just say this just very carefully. I believe whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, whatever God wants to do, there's a point in which if you get in the way, that's it's not going to work. And God's not going to be able to have that. So you've got to get out of the way. And we try everything we can. I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to read my Bible more. And you find that while you're doing it and all your devotion to Jesus, you still got you in it you still got you you're battling with. All your own confidence, all your own strength, all of you. And you haven't come to that final day of death for you. And Jesus is taking you there. And I want this to be an encouragement as I'm ending here. I want this to be encouragement because there's some of you, maybe there's somebody, but maybe there's some of you in this place, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't know why I'm being broken. I don't... I can't figure it out. I'm trying to move out in the God's plan for my life, and it's failing. Realize, this is where you're at. This is most likely where God has you, and He's taking you down to ground zero so He can do His work. Just let Him. Begin to submit to it rather than pray against it. You might begin to realize that that was the barrier between what, you were, what God was doing and what you're trying to do. God wants to do that this morning. I believe He wants to do that right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity right this minute. No, I'm not going to give you. God's giving you the opportunity right this minute. We're going to open up the altars here. We're going to open up an opportunity for you to give that time to God. Don't leave here just with the tradition of getting in and going out. 
Some of us have things in our life. And, and if you've got to the place, you, say, you can say this much, Lord, I don't know, but I do know this one thing. I know you got something for me that I'm reaching out for. It. I'm so hungry for you, God. And I don't know where I'm at in all of this. Let's take some time. Come before the Lord. I want to open this opportunity for you. And you realize you've been going through this time. I want to pray for you. Let's let God have his way this moment. We're not done yet. Hallelujah. So let's do that. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Let's do that now. Those of you who feel that tug on your heart, let's do it. Again, if that heart is beating like crazy right now, you're the one who's supposed to be up here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Just respond to him. Respond to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God has something for you. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you don't know the Lord this morning, you know you're not right with God, I want you to come up as well. If you're not a child of God and you know it, I want you to come up and I want you to spend some time here and let the Lord do His work in you. Come on, folks. Let's pray. If you're not down here, you should be praying for the ones you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we couldn't do without him. I love the way the psalmist says it. He said, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, we need him right now. We need him more than anything else. God, this isn't, this isn't my plan. This was your plan. And I just pray for those that are not responding and I feel that they should be, Lord, and they're struggling to do it. I pray for them to come. Yeah. Come, come, come. <clears throat> Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank Have you. your way this morning. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray, folks. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, thank you for your work. Jesus, you're bringing somebody right now, Lord, past the struggles of themselves, Lord, all the ways in which they're trying to make it on their own. And you just want them to know that you're with them in these moments. You're trying to bring them to yourself. Hallelujah, Jesus. They're feeling that tug. They've been feeling it for a long time. And I just thank you for your healing work right now. That, Lord, this is your way of making them beautiful. This is your way of pouring out your grace. Oh, Lord, we want grace, Lord, without being shattered. But, Lord, I praise you for that. You're shattering us so that you can have your way of grace in our life. Come on, folks. Let's keep praying. God's doing something. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe there's still somebody that hasn't come and they're struggling to do it. Well, just do it. Come on up. Come on up. Hallelujah. Pastor, our sister would like to share. Yes. Yes. Um, I wanted to share something with you guys that Jesus has been speaking to me. Um, some of us are, you know, walking through really hard things right now, and they're having to really um, call out to Jesus. But one thing he's been showing me is that we need to not only call out to him when we're broken and when we need something, but we need to acknowledge him in all of our ways, whether things are going good that does not mean that we don't need him. We still yes, need to right. um, just come before him and tell him we need you. We need you desperately right now. And even in that temptation of things are going good, we're going, you know, just going about our lives or whatever, um, relying on our pride to say that, you know, things are fine. We don't need him. It's great or whatever. But no, we need to know. We need to let go of that lie that yeah. um, that things look great physically, so we don't need him. We need to um, just come before him and be submitted to him 100% in, uh, in, in every season, no matter what we're going through, in every season, to let go of our confidence in uh, our situation, and just cling tightly to him every single day. Amen. Amen. Praise you. Praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. And I want those of you that are here at this altar, stay here. Just continue to pray. 
sometimes that you just feel like everybody else is dismissing and you just spend your time here before God. Yeah. And there's some of you that are still out there and you feel later that you should be spend some time before the Lord. Just come here and spend that time. This is some of the sweetest hours. Listen yes. to me. It's some of the sweetest times you'll ever spend with God. It's right after a service like this Thank and you get time before the Lord. It's just responding to Him. Maybe it's not anything that I was said in this service, but there was something that the Lord was ministering to you in. Just spend some time before Him. Yes. Don't let that be break. Yes. God wants to finish the work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for your restoring work, Lord, right now. Jesus, even my heart is tender. And I want this more for me as well. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for those who are responding to you right in this moment. Yes. Right where they're at, Lord. Yes. Who know, God, you're speaking to their heart. Lord, they're not offended by the message. They're just moved by the message. They're moved by the thought that you are the one who's behind the scenes and the things that terrorize us that we struggle with. God, you're still right there holding us up. Thank you, Lord. And I just thank want to you. thank you, Jesus, for the healing that you're doing, Great. for the way that you're revealing things. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Those of you who feel uh, that this isn't where the Lord wants you at the moment, if you, if you want a fellowship or whatever, I'd say, you know, just do it quietly, but rem keep keep the folks up here. Just keep them in mind that the Lord's doing something very special in them. Let's not try and break that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we will have potluck, and, um, and you can also uh, start stepping downstairs for those of you who feel that way, um, and just start fellowshipping down there for the time being. Um, and we want everybody to stay. We'd love for all of you to stay. Love Thank for all of you to be here. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Lord.